today on the Gopher Bronze Podcast. Mark discusses Resident Evil and Silent Hill. Yoel discusses Resident Evil and Silent Hill. The gentlemen discuss what they've been playing lately. Joel becomes confused about who he is. You have stolen my dreams. That's right. It concerns us all. All that and more coming up today on the Go for Bronze podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Go for Bronze podcast episode two. I'm your host, Joel Torres. As always with me, my co-host, Mark Ace Acevedo. Yo. All right, Mark. Well, it's the time of the year. One of my favorite times of the year. One of the most underrated holidays, in my opinion. Halloween, my favorite holiday. It's definitely a holiday that grows on you as you become an adult. Because you get to dress up and you get to drink. But it's that time of the year. So we need to know exactly who are you going to be for Halloween. I'm going to go ahead and answer in the way that nobody enjoys answering questions. I'm going to answer with a question. Are you going to be what you're always for Halloween? Fuck you. I'm not going to be. Are you? I'm always. No, I'm not going to be. By the way, what he's All making right. a reference to is my fantastic. Yeah, okay. Fantastic. Just Self-acclaimed. Literally, like, if I dress up as this character, you can't even tell the difference. You think you might have gone back in time and seen this character because I dress up as. I used to dress up as. I'm going to retire the costume now. Not even the same nationality. We don't know what Michael J. Fox is, all right? He can be a lot of things. (laughs) I was going to say something, but I'm not going to say that. Yeah, you could be a lot of things, too. Why don't we just stick with the the outfit? So, uh, the costume that Mark is referencing, I was for three straight Halloweens. I was for four events because there was a birthday party where we dressed up. Oh, no. I I was him for an outside a Halloween event, but I was Marty McFly from Back to the Future. It's a fantastic costume. I think we should honestly post pics of it on the Gopher Bronze pod Instagram. And then we can see what the audience says if I look just like Michael J. Fox or not. But yeah, yeah. I'm not going to Your regular in. outfit with just the bubble jacket over it's it? It's not a regular outfit. I never wear double denim, so don't be disrespectful, okay? Oh, okay, gotcha. What are you going to be, bitch? <laughs> uh, well, so we have an event, too, that we're going to go to. That's why we're uh, deciding costumes now. And I got to get my, my uh, shit in order here early because every year I will be late to figuring out what I need to do. And then the last weekend, I'll like be stressed out trying to figure out how I'm putting it in order. Anyway, I'm going to be Jason. Okay. Right? Never been Jason, but I'm going to do Jason right specifically i think i'm aiming for uh part four is the one that i think i'm aiming for are you getting a mechanic jumpsuit i don't think so that's not the one i'm going for okay so he has you know there's like there's probably maybe 10 variations of it not including right so little bit of background lore is i love mortal kombat and mortal kombat 10 jason was my main character so that also has something to do with why I would want to be him, but I'm going to do it right. I've looked at other people's costumes and I've seen the place that everyone fucks up at is the hands and the neck. When you can see their hands and people's neck, it's bad. So you got to wear gloves. Uh, that's bad. That's <laughs> awful. I'm not going to look like that. $40 so, at I think you need the gloves. 
And then you not only need the hockey mask, but you need an actual head mask so the skin around your neck looks all fucked up. So hopefully I do it correct. Probably like that, yeah. And then That's you put a, a Yeah, exactly. But that will look cool. And if I don't talk at all, it'll be perfect. If you talk at me and I'm going to be at a party, I'll just look at you and then I'll just walk away. It's both an excellent costume and an excellent excuse to do no small talk. I thought this through. Hide your social anxiety. It's actually the greatest, That's true too. the greatest costume of all time. Yeah. The scariest part is I will be using a real machete. So just, <laughs> you know, just as long as everyone's aware of that, it'll be good. But no, I'm excited for that. And then liz's costume i am unaware of but whatever it is it will pair well with jason because she could really be whatever the hell she wants and it's probably going to be funny just because i'm going to be silent i'm about to say is it going to be in in universe is it like couples costumes or is this just like she hasn't multiverse kind of shit she hasn't decided yet but we've decided that it works because if it is in universe great and if it's not in universe it will still work as being funny because it just depends what, but like, if she's like a really bubbly, I don't know, whatever, we're still a couple, so then it's going to be Jason with whoever the fuck. I think it'd be great if she was like a Powerpuff girl. Exactly. So, we're, exactly. So, we're saying like, if she's, she could be that, or she could be like, you know, a camp counselor or something, but whatever she decides to be will probably work. Alright, that sounds good. And I don't gotta worry about it. And like you said, it's Halloween, so uh, we... How are you going to drink with the mask? I mean, I'll probably take it off at some point. I mean, unless I wanted to be like extremely committed, I could, I could wire through like a, you know what I could do? I could wear a camelback. I thought you were going to say boot it. No, that, yeah, RIP Joe, he's not here for the recording, but he is alive. I think I, if I really wanted to be committed, I'd wear a camelback, put something in it and then just thread it through like, you know, my shit. So I just have it like under the mask. And I can just drink it that way. I don't know if I'm going to be that committed, though. Just fill it up with, like, a fucking 10 ounces of gin and, like, 5 ounces of tonic. And you're like, I'm good for the night, motherfuckers. Yeah, it'll be really, like, warm and disgusting by the end of it. That's perfect. That's exactly what you need. Especially that could hours. be good. But, so, um, there you, you go. go. You go. You the go. floor is open. I was just going to say, so when it, when is our Halloween event? Because I kind of forgot. Uh, our Halloween event is October 29th. I will not be giving out the location. No, yeah, that's obviously, yeah, that's confidential. Yeah, all the rest, yeah, the rest of the information is confidential. It's a very, uh, how should I say? It's, uh, it's, uh, never mind. I'm fucking up my own joke here. I forgot. Oh, eyes wide shut. That's what I was thinking of. Eyes wide shut. Yeah, we're all putting our keys in the bowl and we're going to fucking Yeah, exactly. That'll be, and that'll be really crazy when somebody gets my key and I'm still wearing the Jason costume and I don't talk and I don't take the mask off. That's how I usually make love. Oh, okay. Yeah. With a mask on. <laughs> you mask put the bag on. on. I, put the, I put the bag on and I'm just silent. Yeah. But, um, well, even that sound, I'm going to be dead silent. Yeah, but okay. So, right. So we got, yeah, you're right. We, this is a welcome to go for bronze. This is a PlayStation podcast. And that is what we're going to bring you. We got to bring you some actual gaming info. So, spooky season is here. It's Halloween time. And we're going to start with the two main big things, really, that we both want to discuss and are both Halloween related. So, I'm going to start out first with the Silent Hill stream. And the way that I'm going to do this, right, is I will go through the stream. I'll give, a, you know, give all the highlights. 
Then we're going to see what we think, and then I have some little extra tidbits that we'll circle back on this with. So, Silent Hill Transmission happened earlier this week on Wednesday. It promised to announce the latest updates on the Silent Hill series. First, before we get into it, I want to do a quick run-through of what me and Joel knew and what we guessed would be there. And then I will say what was there, and you'll see that this is the show you need to be listening to because we are always correct. Number one, we thought there will be a Silent Hill 2 remake in the works by Bloober Team. That is correct. There is a Silent Hill 2 remake by Bloober Team, assisted by the original art director and sound designer from Silent Hill 2. And it will be a remake that will be third person over the shoulder. The original was a mix of fixed cameras and overhead, so there is a difference there. There will also be no loading screens, quote-unquote, in the game. They have confirmed that. And it will launch exclusively on PS5 for the first year. It's a one-year timed exclusive. Is it console exclusive or is it launching day and day with PC? It's a console exclusive for a year. It also comes to PC, though. Okay. So I think when it comes out... Now, again, they're not very clear about this, but I believe it's launching PS5 and PC and then wait a year for other consoles. Okay. That's how I understand it. Now, with that being said, there's also no year or anything. No date, no year. I got excited when it was yeah. PlayStation exclusive. There's it. nothing. So we don't even know what year it is, right? So, and then I I just want to quickly re-emphasize so people know it's Bloober Team. The art director and sound designer are there, but there's no one else from the original team. Bloober Team is the ones making it. Mm-hmm. Bloober Team is the one is the team that was behind the medium, layers of shit. <laughs> and then they also <laughs> they uh they also made Observer. Is something else that they worked on, right? And then from that, we also had known through a interview with a French director of the original Silent Hill movie that there were multiple games in the works. That is true. But he didn't say what is also true is there's another Silent Hill movie. That's called Return to Silent Hill. And that is made by the original creators. Now, the reason the reason why I say that with such oomph and some like, you know, this is kind of some bullshit is you're going to tell me that you're going to make sure you have the original creators of the movie, which, by the way, during the stream, the director was like, oh, movie, great success. Fans, huge fans. I don't think that's true. I mean, I definitely I don't know if the fans loved it, but I I feel like Silent Hill, like the early aughts, I do think that Silent Hill and, as we were going to mention later on, the Resident Evil movies, I feel like they kind of had a niche audience where, like, video game fans were happy, video game movies were being made, but that was, like, a time where, like, the like the original superhero movies were like, we're happy this is on screen, the quality may vary, but we're happy it's being represented. So I yeah, do think that that's a few true. of the Silent Hill movies had a little bit of heat behind them, but I don't think it was, like, it wasn't, like, fucking, like, a, the next coming of, like, a great horror series. It was, like, very niche audience. So we can agree at least that the movies are bad, right? Because... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Quality-wise, they're bad. Now, that is what we knew beforehand. Now, he also said that there were multiple games in the works, so let's get into those. In addition to the Silent Hill 2 remake, Silent Hill Townfall was also revealed by No Code Games. 
These are the devs behind Stories Untold and Observation. Observation was a 2019 space horror game. I did play that one. So you like that one, right? I did not like that one, you which we will get in. Exactly. Perfect. Game. We will get into that later. And then another game was announced, Silent Hill F, which was shown at the tail end of the event. This is a spin-off from the series that takes place in 1960s Japan. It is written by Ryukishi 07, who is a writer of visual novels, and it is being developed by Neobard. Now, when they originally showed this, I was confused as to what it was because they just announced it and said story by, but I didn't even know if it was a game or not. So I can confirm that it's a game. There are no platforms announced. Similar to all the other games, there's also no year announced. But the one thing I want to hone in on is also the developer, just like I did with the other two games. This is being developed by Neobard. Joel, do you know who this studio is or what they've done? I see that you have it written here that they worked on... But uh, act like you don't know. If you didn't know here. No, I had no idea who Neobard was until I okay. started writing it down here. And was that... Did that make you feel good or bad, what you read? Uh, not good. Not okay. Good. So... Neobard is the Capcom assistant studio that is making Resident Evil Reverse. That's the only thing they've worked on is a game that hasn't come out, and that's who's being attached to the a new Silent Hill game. Interesting developer because they're working for the enemy. That's I agree. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I definitely agree with that. And then Silent Hill Ascension was also announced here. Silent Hill Ascension is a streaming event. So, this is not a game, which wasn't very clear when you were watching the stream. This is not a game. This will be a... The way they described it is it's a streaming event where viewers will be making decisions as to what will happen. And based on those decisions, will they will be decided and then the story that is told will be considered canon and will this will run one time. So, what I'm thinking is, think, think like a... Andersmith is what I was thinking. From, uh, yeah, Black Mirror, the Netflix series where it was kind of like a Telltale game. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it. It wasn't like as like a broad of a scale like this, where it's like incorporating everybody's kind of opinion, and then that's how it's going. But it's kind of like a similar vibe to that. If I had, yeah, no, I would agree with that. And it's it's we'll see what it is. And then the last thing that they announced is uh, they showed a, a shit ton of merch, which I thought was nice. You can, if you want, you can get Silent Hill skateboards. That's and then cool. they all they also announced a bunch of figurines and a hat and all this other bullshit. But that was everything that was announced here. Before I get into them, I would say individually in the nitty gritty, what are your overall thoughts on this transmission? I would say that this transmission is actually the per- perfect encapsulation of the Silent Hill series. It was good early on. And it re- and it really went to shit really quickly, just like the Silent Hill series. The first two games, people love them. I haven't played them. I just did it for no reason because I don't know. I don't have any like actual opinions behind them. But Silent Hill Two is on most top five like horror games list. The original Silent Hill is a cult classic and beloved as well. And just like the series, the transmission started off strong with the Silent Hill Two reveal, and then as it kept on going on kept on giving me more shit I didn't need, like a movie, and just just really kind of... It became confusing. It felt like I wasn't fucking Silent Hill at points where I was, like you're saying, like I, these projects, I wasn't clear whether it's a game, 
movie, uh, like what type of game. Like I thought Silent Hill F, I, I still don't really know. It could possibly be like a fucking visual novel kind of game, not even like a gameplay based game. So I think it's perfect for the series. It's in, it definitely fits the whole series as a whole, but you can get more into it, dive into each of these announcements. Yeah, so I agree definitely with what you're saying overall, wholeheartedly, in almost every single way. As I was watching it, it started with the Silent 2 thing, which was cool, but I I have my reservations. So, uh, just as a slight difference to know where I'm kind of coming from with this, I have played Silent Hill 2 a number of times. I love it. I played Silent Hill 3. I haven't played Silent Hill 1 or anything past. So, I played 2 and 3 extensively, and 1 I haven't, and then anything past I haven't. So, but agree that as it went on, I was like, yo, come on. Who do you, you're bringing back this series. What makes you think that you can do three games, a movie and try to sell me merch? This is like that scattershot. To me, this is like that, you know, Marvel approach of like, let and Disney, like, let's just do everything at once. Like, we're going to be cross media. Why don't you do one? Why don't you do that one well? And then if it does good, go ahead. Go crazy. But why don't we not go crazy before we see the success of it? I, You know, you're saying it's similar to Disney and Marvel and Star Wars and all that, but at least you can understand where those those series and IP are coming from. Like, they have recent success. They have, like, a huge fan base. Silent Hill has been gone for years, and it's like, it, it's supposed to be, kind of, I thought they were going to do the Resident Evil approach, where it's going to be like, we're going to give you, like, piecemeal maybe one game a year like resident evil had three games in three straight years and then now it's cooling off and then now we're gonna get re4 and stuff like that but they just kind of were like well resident evil's big so we're just gonna announce a bunch of shit like we're resident evil and like you kind of have to earn that back yes you do have to earn that back and to tag on to what you were saying number one i definitely agree that the marvel disney approach is somewhat warranted in terms of success. I think maybe the point I I was kind of more so saying is just there's too much. But there is a lot of different products that are not just Disney or Marvel that do that as well. I think what I was saying, again, similar to you, is that it's just too much too quickly. Like you didn't really earn doing all of these. And on top of that, when we think about Resident Evil, right, the first thing that did that was they brought a brand new game. Mm -hmm. And then the new game was Fire. And then they decided to do everything else. This is an opposite approach where I'm assuming Silent Hill 2 will probably be the first. Or if it's not the first, it's the main. Which again, as we were talking about the confusion, there are no years on anything here except for Silent Hill Ascension, which is the streaming event. Nothing else has a release date. Now, to give a little bit of context to that, the movie is still casting. So, that's not even casted yet. The games, Silent Hill 2, they said that they went to Bloober Team three years ago. But even if they went there three years ago, there's not even a year on this. And Bloober Team did just release a brand new game last year. So, I don't know how far along this is. And then the other two games, first of all, Silent Hill F, it wasn't even clear that it was a game. And then Silent Hill Townfall was a teaser trailer and that was it. Silent Hill 2 showed some snippets of in-game footage, but I would argue it's not even really gameplay. I think they just showed a couple of things that were in-engine, which... Game, though, there's no loading screen, so you were watching the game. Yeah, I mean, you're right. If, they, if they're, What they're saying is true. We were watching the game. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's true. I, so, one thing I did want to bring up here, one of the second points I had is we've got Bloober Team 
we've got no code games and we've got neoboard i think that all three of these devs are mid to trash in all honesty and i this is not I mean, it's entertaining right because I, I was excited to kind of tear them to shreds but this isn't what i was hoping for you know we always hope that the games are good right we're gonna play them we would like to enjoy them but each of them i'm worried about now what i came with which is not written here is i have three other horror developers that i think would all be fantastic mm. for silent hill and are currently not making uh or at least shouldn't be busy enough that they couldn't. Or publicly this don't is, have any projects announced. They probably are working. They do have pr- projects publicly announced, but just if they were doing this, I think it would be so much better. Yeah, this three? is a personal take, right? Okay. Number one, Frictional Games. This is the team behind Soma and also the team that was behind... Oh, what are the games? You I probably think- know them. No. Amnesia. Yes, exactly. Right. Thank you. So the team that was behind Soma and Amnesia, that's one team. The other team is Red Barrels, the team that makes the Outlast games. Number three, I would say Creative Assembly, the team that made Alien Isolation. I think all three of those teams are not big asks. They're not expensive. They're all, I think, in that middle tier of developers, but all of them have made better horror games than all three of these teams. That's why I bring them up. I would have liked to see the Outlast definitely tackle a Silent Hill game because Silent Hill tends to lean... I feel like the games are more scary than Resident Evil. Resident Evil leans more into campiness, and Outlast is genuinely scary. Absolutely. I 100% agree. Also... I understand the switch to third-person camera because that's modern and Resident Evil did it, but I would say the way the camera worked in the original really did help with how scary it was and wasn't really frustrating. Like well, Resident Evil, because a fixed camera now in twenty twenty two, people are gonna that. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I guess that's true, but I think they're. I can tell from this that they. I guess even they kind of outwardly said it as they're just like, oh, Resident Evil is successful, so let's do it. But you're not the same series. Yeah. You're not the same series. You don't have the same developers, and you're not even making Silent Hill with the developers you did have. You're outsourcing everything all to mediocre developers. Yeah, I mean, these developers are definitely probably cheaper. That's what I'm assuming that they went for them. Because I can definitely see each of those teams tackling a different project, like the Outlast team, Red Barrel, doing the Silent Hill 2 remake. Uh, the team behind Soma, I forgot the name, they just said it. Uh, they yeah. can do the Townfall and the F game if those are going to be more, those seem to lean towards more visual kind of like uh, either first person narrative kind of game or like visual novel. They can definitely tackle that. So, yeah. Like, I don't know why they got these kind of, like you said, mid developed. I would say it's also impressive that we don't even know what kind of games Townfall or F are. I, we don't know if they're first person, third person, anything like that. And then the, the Silent Hill Ascension is also being worked on by Behavior Games, which is the studio behind Dead by Daylight. But you would almost argue that that is the best studio. Yeah, honestly, yeah. So wouldn't you want... But like, like uh, Joel was saying, I think it is probably a case of money, right? Konami hasn't really been doing much lately. So they're coming back. I would say... Overall, that's pretty much my summary on it, but I, I think that to come back 
as a return to the series and announce all of these things and not have a year tied to any of them and all of them look kind of mediocre to disappointing like i i am fully disappointed i'm not fully disappointed just because someone Hill do looks good and that's what i care about probably the most playing out of all these that doesn't look visually it doesn't look bad blue team does not like make me feel confident about the project and the main games in general are not make me feel confident with a lot of stuff the main character looks like shit. Is that not how I'll say that? Or does no. How you think that he would look in a modern? Correct. Game? No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I definitely like you said. Like, there's going to be a transfer, right? There's going to be a difference. But when you look at when you look at Leon, right, and Resident Evil, I'm just going to compare like them. Leon. Yeah, you can tell it's Leon, like hundred percent through and through. I couldn't. I knew this guy was supposed to be James. Just because I know it's Silent Hill too, but at first look, I was like, "Oh, he looks rough." Because he, you know what he looks like? He looks like an American guy in an anime. You know how in anime the American guy is just blonde, but he doesn't really look that different. I thought he looked a little like Chris Pine. Yeah, I guess so. Sure. Like uglier, I mean, like older Chris Pine. Yeah, he's just like an odd-looking guy. I don't know, but we'll see. I, I'm. Mixed on it, we'll see. And then also, I told Joel to skip through the Silent Hill movie thing when they showed it, but I just want to say, they were not giving a fuck on what they spoiled when they were talking about the movie. Does the movie spoil Silent Hill 2 or a different Silent Hill game? When they were talking about the Silent Hill movie, they were splicing in footage of the original Silent Hill 2. Okay. So they were showing you like late game stuff from the original game, which in my head, I'm like, well, if you have new people coming to the game, now they're probably going to be like, okay, well, when am I going to see that? That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But it could just, it could just be me. But I thought that was odd. I thought it was unnecessary. And then I thought about it like, well, if you're a newcomer, at least I know I'm that way. If I watch a trailer for a game and I see certain things, I'm probably going to be playing the game like, oh, when am I going to see that? Yeah. And that's why like you try, I know that you also try to practice if we're genuinely excited about a game we don't view trailers just because modern day video game trailers tend to not spoil like the whole thing but definitely big aspects or big reveals whether it be an enemy a set piece or something like that kind of gets spoiled and from what it sounds like they're just spoiling the whole game the ending of the game specifically and also characters that you fight with the merch line and the figurines what you told me which i skipped both yes for that reason the the merch both ruins enemy types and ruins endings. Like, they have merch that will be an ending of the game. And so, I'm like, you know, it's there's like a disconnect there where I don't... Obviously, Konami, you've been out of the game. But I don't feel like you really know what people want to see or how to tell them what you're doing. I Like, not really a great move to announce all your stuff with no year. Yeah. That doesn't really instill a lot of confidence. I also thought this was very much like E3 era presentation. What I mean by that is like small amounts of the game and a lot of like people talking about a game as opposed to like, I feel like the more modern um, like live stream, like State of Plays and the um, Switch. What is the Switch one called? The Switch what? The Switch presentation. Directs? Yeah, the Nintendo Directs, the State of Plays, even the Xbox does them too. I forgot what theirs are called as well. But like those more streamlined, like I think this Silent Hill 2 thing could have been cut half in, half in time. And you just, if you gave us like 10 minutes on Silent Hill 2 in terms of like give us like a 
give us that reveal trailer. Then they talk for like a second, tell us who's behind it, then give us like a nice like little like two to five minute chunk of gameplay. That would have been way better. And then maybe cut in one of these other Silent Hill games as like an ending teaser. And then also let us know what the fuck the game is. And that would have been fine if it was just like 15, 20 minutes. Because then A, you're building suspense by not fucking sh- like shooting out your whole load. I basically know what all the Silent Hill content is going to be for the next 10 years. And then also you're not, you're giving us more deeper dives into what we know. We got very surface level with every single project. And we just got like a bunch of projects announced yeah, I mean, I fully agree. It's like it, if I was in charge of it, put Silent Hill 2 in a PlayStation State of Play, especially since it's mm-hmm. going to be a timed console exclusive, and then all that other shit, you know, I mean, it's going to come out and we'll see it, but we're going to... I agree, and we'll circle back to this, right, and kind of tie it up in a nice bow after we talk about the Resident Evil showcase, but th- I don't need... Basically, well, we'll come back to it, but I, I, I don't think that. I think that these directs and these showcases are now starting to prove to me that this is not what I would prefer. Yeah, because they're starting to show, especially with Silent Hill, they're starting to show that they need to pad it, and it feels like when they pad a game, right? Where I'm like, this is unnecessary shit. What am I watching? Also, not a huge deal, but I'm still going to mention it. It was not a live stream. They said it was a live stream. It just went live as soon as the timer ran out. I, I kind of like that more. But then you see that it's 50 minutes. Yeah. That, that, so I now I'm, not, skipping. I'm not saying that that is good that you can skip through it. Yeah. That is good. And you're right. It's nice that you can just get through it and see what you need and it'll be uploaded in the quality that you like. I think the angle that I might be coming from it is that if you're like want to be respecting people's time, I see 48 minutes and I'm like, all right. You better have something worth 48 minutes, right? I don't think there's been a state of play that's been done. No, there hasn't. That's what I'm saying. And like what, who, who do you, who do you think you are, Konami? Yeah. That's, that's a, what do you think that you, you think that people really want these things that you're serving? We're going to find out. Yeah. But before we leave Silent Hill and sh- stop shitting on it, I want to shit on them one more about one more thing. Neo Bard. We didn't, we, we, this was a tease because you stopped me before I said it. So Mark mentioned that they were a Capcom assistant studio. They worked on the multiplayer version of Resident Evil Reaver. So do you think this is a multiplayer Silent Hill game? And also, how is, how is Capcom letting the studio work with Konami? I feel like that's just like weird as fuck. There's one studio that's working with two of the biggest horror franchises at the moment. Well, my, uh, my intuition tells me that number one, starting out with what you were saying of like, well, how would or why would Capcom allow a studio they're working with go basically to the other side, right? I mean, these are direct competitors. There's no question of that. Our reverse was supposed to come out a year ago. So what I would assume is the case is I would assume Capcom's like, yo, y'all suck anyway. Do I? We don't care. Because our reverse was supposed to launch with Resident Evil Village. Resident Evil Village came out May 8th of 2021, okay? That's a year and a half ago. And now they're just getting this, and we'll talk about this later, but they're just now getting Reverse kind of out the door. So, what I would assume is I would assume Capcom's like, yeah, you guys are trash. It's okay. You can work with Konami. I mean, that that's probably only going to hurt their competitor now that Capcom's seen their quality of work. And then the other thing I would say is my guess is that it's not multiplayer, only in the sense that they have, they're trying to tout that it's written by 
a renowned visual novel writer. So I would assume that means that the story is going to be a focus on it. But like the rest of the stream, it's confusing because we don't know. We got a CG trailer, which didn't even really say it was a game because when it ended, it said written by. And I was like, was that like a short? Like, I don't. Yeah, I wasn't positive, but I think it's probably single player. They said it was a spinoff. Something that I also want to say that's weird is that none of these are new entries in the mainline Silent Hill. That That's weird to me. These are all two spinoffs and a remake is what they said. Yeah. And they want to go with, they want to, well, the remake makes sense because they want to release the game they know people are going to like. Yes, the remake makes sense. Even the other games, I don't have issues with the other games just being there. My issue is like they're both spinoffs. And again, we don't know when any of these are coming. Let's say like if if we were to to, to cut some of the fat on this, right? Take the merch section out because I, I don't know who you are trying to sell merch for shit that hasn't been out in 10 years, right? So take the merch out. Uh, take the Silent Hill movie out. And the Ascension streaming event, you could leave that because it was kind of interesting because I didn't know what it was, but it was clearly game related. Yeah. And then give Silent Hill 2 at least a year. Probably end with Silent Hill 2. Start with one of the other two. And then for the other... Decency to lie to us. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. At least lie with the year. We know that it'll probably get delayed anyway. It makes me think of... Do you remember when they announced Street Fighter 6 on the PlayStation stream? Do you remember what they fucking said? What did they say? They said at the end of it, you know how they have the lady talking that's like, you know, oh, welcome to the PlayStation stream. Yeah. Street Fighter 6 is coming to PlayStation 4 and 5 in 2023. Mark your calendars. Bitch, mark my calendars with what? You want me to circle the whole fucking year? Just get a highlighter. We'll run through that. Highlight the whole year. You never know when it's coming out. That's what I'm saying. But at least there was a year. So, yeah. I like, And there's no year on any of these. So, I don't know what's coming first. None of them are a mainline game. So, I don't know. Going to the other plastic yeah. or Japanese. Yeah. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's continue. Uh, I would like to say that this will switch to positive, but... I, I mean, it may be more positive, but... Ah, you might think so, but we're going to discuss. All right. Can I take a pee break while you discuss these? Yeah, you absolutely can. Okay. You go okay. do your thing. Right. So... They, we have the Resident Evil Showcase, which was aired today on Thursday. This was announced back in September, but it's kind of funny enough that it came out the day right after the Silent Hill stream. But this was announced before, so this wasn't like a retaliation kind of in response to. So this was already planned. So the Resident Evil Showcase opened up with, which what I thought was actually really cool, is it opened with the merchant from Resident Evil Village telling you he's got, you know, stories to tell you. And it's set in this library. Like, they actually animated something for you to watch that would facilitate the news being delivered to you, which I thought was cool versus, you know, Silent Hill was just kind of like people talking. and It was a little awkward. So, getting into what they actually showed at the showcase, they started with Resident Evil Village. They are reminding you that Resident Evil Village Gold Edition and the Winter's Expansion is coming out next Friday, October 28th. This expansion will include Rose's story expansion. It will include new characters into the mercenaries mode, which will include two of the bosses and will include Chris. 
They also mentioned that this will come with a third-person mode. In a third-person mode, you can replay Resident Evil Village as Ethan in third-person, but you still can't see his face. They made a note to say that. If you try to turn the camera, he will look away from you, so you can't see his face. Which, yeah, I mean, at least they they really went, went in with that. So, they announced those things. There was also an announcement that Resident Evil Village will be coming to Mac computers. There was an announcement from Apple about that. And then they did also, in attachment to Village, say that Reverse is also launching next Friday and will be free for anyone who owns Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil Village Gold Edition. There is also a period of time for early access for this multiplayer game if you, have, or if you already own Village. Now, this Reverse game is the game that me and Joel were just talking about. This is developed by that studio, Neobard. Prior to this showing of the game, we had only seen one trailer that kind of showed numerous characters from different entries in the franchise fighting in the RPD station of Resident Evil 2. This trailer showed more maps. It showed maps from Resident Evil 7 to characters from basically the whole franchise, although it didn't break down, you know, exactly what the layout of the game is. You know, it's a multiplayer game and there's different characters and villains from the series. And then they also showed a brief roadmap showing you know in updates one two and three basically this is what we're adding to the game not with dates but they're showing that so it will be supported to a certain degree and that is free as long as you own resident evil village so before we get to the last one because the last one i think we're going to probably be talking the most about do you have any opinions on the resident evil village expansion and reverse um I feel like the biggest thing with the Resident Evil Village section of this game is I still don't know. Do I have to pay to play the third person version or is that just going to be a free update? You have to pay because that's part of the Winter's expansion. So if you purchase Resident Evil Village Gold Edition, similar to Resident Evil 7 Gold Edition, the gold version will come with all add-on content. Now, all add-on content is one thing of content for Village, just to not confuse people because 7 had multiple releases. 8 is just base game and expansion. So for us, we bought the main game, did not buy the gold edition. We will have to pay extra. So if you want to play third person, we would have to pay extra because we have a regular version. Okay. Well, that sucks. Um, I don't know. The the Winter's expansion playing as Rose, it's... I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on it. It was... The, the whole Resident Evil Village section, I was like, this is, uh, he was talking about, because even with the multiplayer, he was talking about, we were trying to up the tempo. And I'm like, no, 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 this is not what you want to do with Resident Evil. Because he was talking specifically about the multiplayer uh, aspects of it, and then Mercenaries mode where you can play the two new characters as our Lady... Lady Dimitrescu. He, I, mean, I just want to throw in a... Yeah, I would just want to throw in a quick thing. He meant upping the tempo of mercenaries, not multiplayer. Still, I was like, there's no upping tempo of Resident Evil. Like there's, there's, there is a positive. Okay. You're listening to the Go for Bronze podcast, and we know a lot about trophies. There's thinking, a positive. It, it will make it easier because one of the problems is when you have to earn S ranks in mercenaries, time is a big factor of that. And when you have enemies not coming straight to you and you have to find them, that eats the timer. So mm. I understand what you're saying for Resident Evil. You don't maybe want to make it more action, but since it's mercenaries mode, I was like, that's fine because mercenaries is all action anyway. And if anything, it only makes 
earning an S rank easier because now the enemies will come to you. That's what I was wondering too. That's the first thought I had. I was like, hopefully that makes that platinum more attainable with that because that was the biggest hurdle with platinum in that game. But the rose stuff, I don't know. How do you feel about it? I'm kind of like 50-50. The power aspect of it, I was like, hmm. Yeah, so a brief little just kind of overview. This Rose expansion is going to take place. She'll be 16 years old and she has powers and she has to go back to basically the village to figure out her powers or kind of understand them more. And Yeah, that's what she wants to do, which I'm sure won't happen. But so we have a couple of things. The trophies leaked for this expansion earlier this week. So I looked at the trophies list, right? You have your regular beat the Rose expansion on, you know, easy, medium, and hardcore. And then you have some trophies at the bottom that I believe were mercenary related. So, but with the expansion in general, I'm kind of interested. I'm not super interested because kind of similar to what you were saying, I wasn't very hot on Village to begin with. And the thing I was weakest on with Village was what they were trying to do with the story. So if this is more like story focus and like on Rose and Powers and that weird shit, I'm not all about it. I'm interested in the third person mode, but I'm not interested in paying for it. Yeah, that that was disappointing. That's disappointing point out here that you have to pay for that. Because that was like the only thing where I was like, "Hmm, I might find a Village, I might just replay it on third person mode to get a whole different experience out of it. And then the Rose stuff, I don't know, the Rose stuff didn't really do it for me. Rose wasn't that, like, interesting. Obviously, she's like a baby, but just, like, the... This is where Resident Evil fucks up. This is where it starts, like, doing bad Resident Evil things, and then it's like, I just want to go back to classic Resident Evil. Everything everything from 1 to 4 is so nice, and so perfect level of camp. And then I feel like after that, they lean away from camp and try to lean too serious in a campy universe, and then it just is bad. Well, and... And in addition to that, going too big, too fast, and too much action. Mm-hmm. You can't do too much action. Resident Evil Village clearly did that. They went too quickly into too much action and then went huge in the kind of second half of the game, which is not... You made 7, which is slower paced, more scary. You know, you're more vulnerable. That's what people want, which we're going to get into with what you're saying with, with Resident Evil 4. So, I mean, we could always circle back on it, but do you have anything else to say about Village or Reverse? Um, nothing. I just want to back you up on that, that it's definitely better slower. The best parts of the village were the Benito's house, which it was nice and slow and actually scary. So, you are 100% correct, Resident Evil is better when it's a little bit slower. It can be a little action, but slower is better. So, let's get into Right. Okay. So, also, this is a PlayStation podcast, but I'll just quickly say that they also did announce all of the dates for the cloud versions of Resident Evil's coming to Nintendo Switch. I'm not going to list them here because it's a waste of time, but if you want to know, they did also announce that. Now, they closed the showcase with Resident Evil 4 Remake. They showed a trailer first, and then they showed gameplay. We know that it's going to come out on March 24th, 2023. It's going to come out with three editions. They announced the regular version, right? And then they announced a deluxe, which will come with two charms. So, they announced the deluxe version, and if you pre-order... You will get the attache case will look different and there will be charms you can put on it. And then there will be some other in-game digital items with the deluxe. So you're, and you're not like you're getting costumes and you're getting filters. You're not getting like more content, right? And then there's a collector's edition, 
which will be a bunch of physical items if you're interested in that. Personally, wasn't really a fan of this. Again, the game's not even out yet. I don't really need to see... I mean, I know you got to announce it for pre-orders, but I don't like seeing... Like, you know, you could you could theoretically just put those costumes in the game, right? Like, we have to pay full price for the game. The collector's edition, I'm a little indifferent on, right? You, you, that's fine. That's all physical stuff. But the, like, I don't know, charms and stuff. So, I just can't do that because I didn't pre-order and get the deluxe version. It just felt like really bad marketing. It was just, like, very much, like, wrong place, wrong time. This is not where... I don't give a shit about the pre-order bonuses. I want to see the game. Yeah, I agree. And you made a really good point there with wrong time, right? If they did that the first time we saw Resident Evil 4, sure. But you told me you have a showcase, so there's a reason I need to be here. And this is what you're saying is the reason. Not really for me. Now, uh, they did also say that there will be a PS4 version and a PS5 version. The PS4 version can be purchased and you can upgrade to the PS5 version at no additional cost is what they have confirmed. So is this a $60 release or a $70 release? I don't know. All they said was the upgrade. Horizon trickery. Yeah. They might, yeah. We'll, we're going to have to see. I don't know if they're going to do some trickery with that. What we do know, though, if we want to just use context, is Resident Evil Village was 70 What? It was 70 So it, it, we're just, maybe that, that will be the case. Because also, this game was not announced with a PS4 version originally. Originally, it was just announced with a PS5 version. Now, and no, and no last gen Xbox version, just current gen Xbox. Correct. We will also. This will come up later in the show because I think I know why there's a PS4 version. But for now, let's also talk quickly about the gameplay because the gameplay is something I'm very interested in and extremely conflicted on. Mm-hmm. Now, Joel is. I'm assuming you're very excited, right? Just to play RE4. But you haven't played the original. I'm excited to play... I can say after watching the gameplay, I'm a little less excited. I'm still excited because Resident Evil 4 is obviously a classic game. Again, like Silent Hill 2. One of those games that's just kind of synonymous with horror, synonymous with video games, especially of that early 2000 to before 2010 era. So it's definitely like a game like I want to experience but the gameplay was like, this is kind of reminding me of like. Yes. Okay. So here we go. Boom. Now I bring this up because Joel is a man of great taste and he wants to experience the games that we know and love as Silent Hill 2 and RE4. It's completely understandable. You know, there are remakes coming. Let's wait. Now, both of these I see a little hesitancy on because of things they're changing. Let's get into that with RE4. Number one, it's a remake, so I understand things are not always going to be one-to-one. But even the first building that they show is not the first building in the original game. That's what I wanted to ask you. I was like, I don't, immediately, I've, I've started playing. I've started Resident Evil Four before, and I was like, Did I fucking not remember this like intro cabin thing. No, I, look, I was watching it too and I was like, oh, maybe this is... I've played a lot of RE4. I've never finished it. You guys can make fun of me. That game's really long. And I also started playing it about a year ago and then I was like, you know what? Let me just wait. But I'm very familiar with the first half of the game and immediately agreed. I was like, oh, maybe this is something later half because this is not the beginning. And then you see a character, which you would only know is in the beginning. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is the beginning. So number one, right off the bat they're going to take liberties with, like, set, right? It's not just, like, 
recreating the world. They're clearly taking creative liberties on changing the pace and what's happening. That's number we one. They do with three, not for the better of the game, for the worse. Or Agreed. two is more faithful, better. Exactly. That's very important. And then on top of this, they showed the extremely iconic opening set piece of the game in gameplay when you first get to the town and you're waiting for the bell to ring and you have to fight enemies, right? So, now I sounded a little weird saying that. I don't think this is a spoiler because it's an early game. You can fight them or you can wait out a timer, right? There's your little strat. If they follow the same thing, which we don't know if they will. But the reason why I wanted to bring this up is because, first of all, they're definitely going for a little bit more action. We can see that's clear. Not in the enemies or anything like that. Here's what I saw that made me absolutely fucking cringe and be scared for the for the entire game. You can knife parry the chainsaw enemies. Let me repeat that. You can cha- you can parry the chainsaw with a knife. Leon holds the knife up and the chainsaw just grinds at it and you can parry it. Now, the very first thing that I thought of was when you're playing Resident Evil 4, the OG one, you're fucking terrified of the chainsaw guys because if they get close to you, there's nothing you can do. Absolutely nothing. They will just chop your head off and you're dead. So immediately what that does is that takes away all tension because now you know you can fight them. So immediately that makes it less scary and it will be more action heavy. And I also know that in gameplay situations, right, when they're showing a game, they have to make it look a certain way, but... It, did you? Th- I mean, I thought it was a little weird. The chainsaw guy also like was always next to Leon and was never like actually attacking him. I thought that was weird too. I thought there was multiple times where I'm like, and in the, in the, I played this section of Resident Evil. This is like where I fell off all the time because I just didn't like the way the game played. But like, I was like, yeah, like the chainsaw guy should have like murked him like four times in that like gameplay. Demo. Like, what the fuck? Like, he's literally like two feet away, and it's like you said with the knife parry. Even if you want to, like, maybe... Alright, he can maybe parry with the knife. The way he's holding the knife, the knife would have just gone right through his fucking hand, because he's holding, like, the butt of the knife, the handle, and then having his hand on the other side of the blade, which theoretically should be sharp. That should just go right through his hand. Like, that would have been cool if they did that. Like, maybe they were, like, making you think you could parry, and then it'd be, like, slice his hand and slice his head off. But they... I was... Yeah. I I was gonna say... Right, so I was going to say, right, if we're trying to get into this too, I can almost understand a situation too where your knives are used in a consumable way, right? Let's say like, oh, if you have a knife, similar to like flashbangs and stuff in RE2, think about that. Like, So maybe if you have a knife, you can parry it, but it uses the knife. Mm-hmm. But in RE4, you have a permanent knife, unless they, they change that. They have a little like timer though. I don't know that if you would, noticed that. I like, did notice that. But that would suck. Here's why. If you want to... You know what I mean? Like, we can see, but the reasons why I'm worried is just my personal opinion, is when you start fucking with a horror game's scariness, that's a little bit too much. Because if you're going to mess with the... If I can parry chainsaw enemies, they're less scary. If your knife is now consumable, which we don't know, because like you said, it was kind of unclear... But if it is, then it messes with the economy of the game because it's really important in a survival horror game that you're like managing your inventory and always having a knife in RE4 was essential because then you just, well, I don't need to use my weapons right now because I have my knife. Mm-hmm. So if the knife is consumable, 
that could be a problem. They yeah. showed they showed the merchant, which is cool. The merchant looks nice. Like he looks sick, right? Opens his jacket. He talks different. Uh, Leon also sounds a little bit different, but that those other things that I saw in it looked relatively fine. The gameplay was what was worrying me. And then also, again, I don't know what the fuck is going on with these trailers. You should not be showing certain parts of the game. I, fe- I felt the same way watching this last trailer for RE4. Where I was like, I know that a lot of these parts are really late. If you're mm-hmm. trying to remake it for people, don't show them that. I definitely felt that watching this. I was like, I know this is stuff I probably should Even though I don't know the context of them. Like, uh, it's a lot of the stuff with the cult guy and then even, like, the big, like, troll-looking monster and then, like, the snake monster in the water. I'm like, why the fuck are you showing me this? I would have loved to, like, experience that, like, surprise. Like, when I originally played the first Resident Evil, like, you run across, like, like, so many enemies that you didn't know and I was like, oh, wow, this is, like, a genuine surprise. So, yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah, so, basically, watching this, I was kind of surprised and that was the end of the showcase by the way so they didn't really announce anything in theory they kind of gave some updates on things and i was left definitely feeling a little bit disappointed i wasn't expecting much but i felt a little bit disappointed in the sense that re4 now doesn't look quite as good as i thought it had looked originally and on top of that circling back with silent hill this kind of cements in my mind like you know i don't really want these showcases all the time Mm -hmm. because you're going to make me feel like i need to watch it when really i i really didn't need to watch this like the silent hill one exactly the silent hill one is a little bit more excusable i would say a portion of it again it was too long and too bloated but this showcase they're not really announcing anything it's and okay I wanted to bring that up, by the way, because when they showed like a trailer for the Winners expansion, they said world premiere. What the fuck is it a world premiere of the trailer? Well, like we, but you know what I mean. Like world premiere is like this is the announcement of something. Yeah, Resident Evil the stream was very liberal with the world premiere. They're like throwing that shit on everything, and I was like, this is nothing new. This is all information we previously know before going into the stream. Nothing here was technically a world premiere. Maybe the uh, the cloud versions of all the Resident Evil games, which was a world premiere, but even then, I feel like I knew about it. Yeah, it's a, porting a game is not a world premiere. So, yeah, I think that, that, for me, I think that pretty much wraps that up. I'm definitely worried about the combat of RE4. It looks, yeah, it looks, it doesn't look like it's going to be, like you said, like you're not going to be, it looks like you're going to be pretty powerful as Leon, which is not what you're supposed to be in a horror game. Not, not supposed to be like two. Ex- there, exactly. Because in Resident Evil 4, your, your fighting capabilities are great, right? Like the way that you can do, you know, you cap enemies in the knee and they bend down and you hit a button and you kick them. You're really good at fighting, but if you see a chainsaw motherfucker, you turn the other way. Mm-hmm. Like that, and that's fear, which think about Resident Evil 2, right? When we think about Resident Evil 2 and you have Mr. X walking around, that shit's scary. You can hear him. You don't know where he's going to be and he can fuck you up. Resident Evil 3? Nemesis is not going to do anything to you because those are scripted events. So that's the kind of thing I'm saying where like there needs to be danger for it to be scary. If you take the danger away from these enemies, that's worrisome. Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of, it was like, we were, the thing that sucks is that we were so excited at the beginning of the week, hearing about these streams, 
and then they kind of just laid an egg um in both ways in both in different ways and then also just like and it sucks because i'm excited also still about some of the stuff but then like my overall feeling i was just like unnecessary agreed yeah i was most surprised with the resident evil 4 making me feel kind of weird the silent hill stuff they got to be proven right so i'm taking that's those things with a that's, grain that's of salt like, that's more that could have been more predictable but capcom yeah. thought was on their shit exactly was, so but let's uh let's get into some other games that are not also on their shit a uh, game releasing tomorrow probably be released by the time you're hearing this podcast uh, gotham knights so we have a few tidbits about it um let's just i feel like we should start overall with the, re- the review roundup of the game. Um, so right now, the game is currently sitting at a 69 on Metacritic for PS5. Uh, a lot of outlets are kind of... IGN's review, Mark has said, has been deemed pretty, uh, a little more harsh. I listened to IGN's review. I watched the Game Rank video. I know you saw the ACG review. I saw Game Informer gave it a 7. So it seems to kind of run the gamut, but overall the consensus is that it's kind of like a bloated, boring, open-world game. I feel like that's kind of like what I've generally gathered from all of the reviews, which is kind of disappointing. And I was really just disappointed because I was exci- I was a little excited, but then uh, as news broke last Friday about the game only running at 30 FPS, then it felt like, oh, it started getting that gut feeling like, Something's not right with this game. Why did they just tell us that now, like a week before launch? And then the reviews came out. Now we know exactly what it's about. So how do you feel about the about the Gotham Knight reviews or the game as a whole? I know you were like not as excited, didn't have as much hope or like you know expectations for it. But what was your what did you feel about the game? Not another dud, basically for twenty twenty two in terms of the AAA. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we can definitely get into this. So, number one, I kind of want to start with it running at 30 frames a second. This was, they, this was told in a Discord server where the, they were, it was basically, it was basically an, like an AMA where fans could ask questions about the game a week before release. And when they were asked about, uh, the performance of the game, they were told that it'll have a 30 frames per second on consoles and will not currently have a performance or quality toggle to be 60 frames. So the reason they gave for this is that in the world when you're playing co-op, it's untethered. So you can be on one end of the map doing one thing and the other person can be on the other map doing something else, which I guess to some degree, right? If you're loading something in, that sounds demanding, but it's still kind of unacceptable to be 30 frames. Now, Here's why I wanted to bring that up and make a connection to RE4 when I mentioned that PS4 platform. The reason why this was actually supposedly the case is somebody came out at Warner Brothers Montreal and talked about the fact that when you're releasing a game on Xbox, you have to also release it on Series S. And what they were saying was Series S was the reason they couldn't make the game better because on PS5 and X, it was fine, but you're not allowed to release a game on Series X and not S. Mm. So this guy was blaming it on Series S being weaker and them having to tailor the whole game to Series S. The reason why I am also connecting that to RE4 
is that RE4 will not be on old generation Xbox, but if they have to make it run on Xbox Series S and Series S is weaker, maybe they can just throw a PS4 version too because they have to make a watered-down version. Because technically, I do believe the original PS4 and based Xbox One, the PS4 was stronger because you remember throughout the beginning of that generation, games were not running at full 1080 on the original Xbox One, so... Yeah. yeah. I, that that kind of sucks. And that's the, with the Resident Evil at least, that's a guess on my part. But yes, so somebody did come out at the studio saying that they would blame Xbox Series X or Series S. Since then, they have retracted these comments and apologized and those comments have been deleted. But I saw them earlier in the week and wanted to make sure that I included those in here because it sounds like there are people within the studio that are not happy about that as well. And <laughs> since then, this is not an Xbox podcast, but I will just say that since then, there are a number of developers that have now come out that want that restriction to be taken away because they have to cater to Series S if they even want to release on Xbox. Yeah, that, that's a whole different issue within itself. I have, I personally have the Series S. So I hope that the games keep on running on it, but it's, it was just like a cheap gateway to get into Xbox. Basically, I basically, I didn't buy a Series S, it was gifted to me, and the way I'm going to use it is whenever Bethesda's games come out, I'm going to play it on that, and that's about it. Yeah, but even then, right, it's like, uh, I like I appreciate you're probably not saying it, but like I bought his Series S. But, well, I mean, it was like a group gift, but I'm bringing that also like it even sucks because I didn't think anything of it until now. But when you hear developers like now, nah, like we can't really use that, that sucks because that means also like, yeah, for Joel, anything he wants to play is like, I guess has to be handicapped. But then that also means games on PlayStation 5 that have to be cross are going to be held back and maybe that's why you're seeing a lot more playstation console exclusive yeah maybe obviously besides it's definitely clearly like uh there's a picking of the size you're at least seeing a lot of the japanese developers and studios leaning towards playstation giving them that exclusivity because of it's like a like a it's, a it's like the first time it's really been a console war because the ps4 was so dominant over the xbox one it really wasn't like this it wasn't really a console war it was just kind of like we're going to see what Xbox does the next time around. And now it definitely feels like more of a console war between the two big players in Sony and Microsoft. So that also might be a factor though playing into it is that developers don't want to develop for lesser hardware in the series. But, but so, yeah, so it seems to affect the Gotham Knights. And in terms of the reviews, what I gleaned from the reviews is that the game runs well. Nobody really complained about bugs or glitches. It looks fantastic. Sounds fine. Combat is okay. What sounded like the biggest issue, which I agree this doesn't sound very good, is it sounded like a majority of what you're doing is kind of think like Spider-Man, the crimes that would just come up in the world, right? Or just think about like spontaneous events in any open world game. I'm not shitting on Spider-Man at all, by the way. I love Spider-Man. But what I'm saying is when you were finishing up that trophy hunt and you had to have those things just spawn in, you remember that. And what they're saying is in Gotham Knights, the thing you're going to be doing the most is just crimes that will happen, like almost more than main missions. Like those. I've heard the main mission, the main like uh, campaign is relatively short. Yeah, so that was definitely worrisome. And then, you know, they didn't really say anything about it, but I guess I I didn't think about it now either. But, you know, talking about this 30 frames a second and stuff in the game being co-op, 
this is a two-player co-op game, and I'm definitely not going to lie. When the game was first announced, I was I think I was just thinking it would be four-player because there's four characters. It's weird that it's only two-player. Well, Mark, if you want to get a four-player co-op gameplay in Gotham Knights, they have a new game mode called Heroic Assault, which is going to be released after launch on November 29th. And uh, I can give you a few details, and we can dive back in more into Gotham Knights. Just mention that. So I like to throw this in here. Uh, WB Games Montreal tweeted out they were explaining the game mode. Heroic Assault is an upcoming gameplay mode that is separate from the main story campaign. And the standalone mode supports up to four players in online co-op and provides a de- dedicated arena-like environment with specific objectives to complete and enemies to defeat on each floor. There's 30 floors in total. So this basically sounds like the Arkham uh, combat challenges, but it's just four players. And also talking about reviews, the game seems to be most fun when you're playing it co-op together. But the reason I've heard that it's more fun is just because the more tedious things, you're able to do them faster. So that's not necessarily like a good thing. They're just saying the boring shit's easier to do when you have two people because it goes by quicker. And to add on to that, they've said that that when you make the game higher difficulties, all it does is it makes the enemy's health higher, so they just kind of turn into bullet sponges. Yeah, yeah. Gotham Knights as a whole just kind of seems like a dud, which is very disappointed. I was very excited to plunge my $70 and buy a brand new game. It looks like the next game that's going to be coming out that we're probably going to get into that's a big triple a release is probably gonna be called duty uh, modern warfare which of you pre-ordered the game the single player is now live correct yes i played it i will talk about it later oh okay sounds good a little tease but uh we got a few more topics to hit before we get into what we've been playing these are two quick ones uh marvel spider-man miles morales hit pc next month the port is being handled by a sony-owned studio nexus and it's due out November 18th, and it's going to be available on Steam and Epic Game Stores for the original price of when it came out on PlayStation for $49.99. That's interesting. I see that if we, I mean, this just kind of like uh, just shows that PlayStation is definitely PC is becoming a bigger platform for PlayStation. They're definitely trying to get their money and make their money back on these bigger AAA titles and. I think acquiring studios like Nixus, Blue Point, is just only going to help facilitate that. And I do appreciate the purchases of these studios because it just takes the it, it, Insomniac's not wasting their time doing this. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at, and I appreciate that. But anything you have to say about Miles Morales hitting PC? Right. So I was just quickly going to say that with kind of these games making their money back, these games are very profitable, and this is kind of just them bolstering how much profit they're making on these on their exclusives by re-releasing them on pc i think that this also makes sense because they gave out a very large number as to what they were expecting to make by the end of the year in pc releases only so definitely you could see this coming you know spider-man for anyone who plays pc i'm sure you'll love this i'm sure that all of the uh you know all of the suit mods that we've seen on pc i'm sure it's easy transition over to miles morales and you can enjoy that i think overall it's good i have i I think this is a good time for them and i do think miles morales is the better of the two games miles morales is like a perfect weekend game it almost feels like a spider-man movie in the sense because it is shorter than the original spider-man but i do think overall what you get there is more quality and it doesn't have those stupid puzzles but you have something to say no i don't so I, saw, I saw you listen to the mic. I thought you had something to say. So, 
uh, keeping on the Spider-Man track. Spider-Man 2 is still on track for a 2023 release. Somniac just wanted to confirm randomly out in the blue. They're just like, hey, on Twitter, they're like, hey, don't worry about uh, Spider-Man 2. It's coming out. And they tweeted out specifically, don't be worried. We're making good progress, and it is still slated for 2023. Showing games take time, effort, resources, and coordination. So I do like that, that they just like let us know. What do you have to say? They didn't come out of the blue to announce this. They were responding to a discussion that was already happening of people complaining about not seeing the game. You're right. I wrote that down. I wrote that down. No, I wrote that down, but oh, you're you all good. You're, no, you're all good. Anyway, no, it's fine because it, either way, this is kind of a weird story, right? Like, no, regardless of how it's written, it's weird. Because when I first saw this, you sent it to me. I was like, okay, I didn't have any doubts, right? But mm-hmm. maybe it's just because me and Joel are like a little bit more patient and or we kind of know how not it versus like all other people who play games. But I mean, versus, you know, I mean, Twitter users, right? Come on. But the so neck is trusted. They they yes. fucking work their ass off. They get their shit out. They're gonna deliver, and they've made multiple games, and they all come out relatively quickly. Especially when you think about like you know you get Spider Man, then you get an X Ratchet and Clank, then you get Miles Morales, then they're you know what I mean like they are trusted, mm-hmm. and their shit is really good. So I never had any doubt about it. But yes, this was I guess they were fans. Someone out there was worried because they hadn't seen the game, and so Insomniac came out to be like, Nah, don't worry. It's still coming. And I, uh, this might be a reaction because I feel like a lot of people complain that the original Spider-Man was over-marketed and showed too much. So this might just be Insomniac just, you know, learning, taking in fan feedback and not fucking spoiling the whole goddamn game before it comes out. All right, you remember Puddlegate? Oh, shit. Yeah, remember Puddlegate? Wow, Bro, that's what I'm saying. And I bet you those like were all tw- Twitter users. People yeah. always find something to bitch about. That's true. So yeah, Spider-Man 2 is still on track. I'm still very excited about it. I feel like there's a there's a big mystery with this game. Uh, it could possibly be with Gotham Knights. Wish it was, because there is little rumors thrown out that it may be co-op. Maybe it would play as Miles Morales and Spider-Man. So it might be the Gotham Knights that we want. But uh, the next story, I want to bang these out real quick. You know, uh, Splinter Cell remake director has left Ubisoft. Uh, David Greville in a post on LinkedIn. LinkedIn stated that it was time for him to go on a new adventure. Uh, Greville worked on Ghost Recon Future Soldier at Ubisoft Paris before moving to Ubisoft Toronto to work on Splinter Cell Blacklist, which I know is a fan favorite of Mark, and also on Assassin's Creed Unity, Far Cry 4, 5, and 6, and most recently the upcoming Splinter Cell remake. So, this is this story was, I feel like it kind of got a little, this got like uh, overwhelmed by all the other news that was coming out with the, the RE and Silent Hill remake stream coming out, and then also the Gotham Knights news. I feel like this one kind of fell under the wayside, but I thought this was kind of a big deal. I was excited about the Splinter Cell remake. There was weird things about the story being changed for a modern audience earlier that we talked about, but I hope this doesn't delay it too bad, but the director leaving is definitely not a good sign, and this was one of the games, was, one of the remakes I was definitely looking forward to. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, that's never a good sign. Right, I don't know what the progress is on this remake, or what he kind of had, what he kind of was planning on in the future. So I don't know exactly what we're losing here. But in terms of his other work, like Joel said, I do, I did really love Blacklist, um, Far Cry Four, Five, and Six. Right, I enjoy all those. Unity, I haven't played, but I will give a 
small PSA slash shout out for PlayStation users. If you wanted to play Assassin's Creed Syndicate on your PlayStation 5, Assassin's Creed Syndicate was famously one of the only 10 games that you couldn't play on PS5 as a PS4 game. It's now playable on your PS5. And it's actually also included in PlayStation Plus. So I just wanted to give a shout out to that because Syndicate, you weren't able to play it on your PS5 through backwards compat, but now you can. Um, and it's available on the extra. Yeah. So, and so, yeah, I mean, in terms of the director leaving, right, that's not, I, I don't think that's good. I don't really know much about the remake. They haven't shown anything about it. They kind of just announced that it was a thing. But yeah, I mean, it's never a positive sign. Yeah, it's also just weird for him to leave out of the blue, but he seems to be a pretty big Ubisoft vet working on a lot of big projects, and also not only big, but successful projects at Ubisoft, so kind of seems like a unceremonious yeah. from Ubisoft, so I wonder if there's anything shady with him, and I know Ubisoft had a lot of uh, internal issues in terms of harassment with like their higher-ups, so I wonder if he's involved in that at all or something, because it just seems kind of weird out of the blue him to leave before this project even really gets off the ground it seems like yeah i agree it's not like we're making like an allegation or something but it's true it's not like they released the splinter cell remake and then now he's leaving it's that he had started work on the remake which still hasn't even been shown which means that probably if it is something about the actual game itself it would mean that in the pre-production of the game there's some kind of struggle where the director doesn't feel comfortable staying yeah. on it so that's the, i mean that's obviously not a good sign yeah and then so mark do you want to hit us with this last news story we got yeah i'll hit i'll hit you guys with this uh this last so in one of the most recent state of plays sony had announced the dualsense edge which is their kind of elite competitor controller so the sony's dualsense edge now has a release date and a price releasing on january 26 2023 for one ninety nine ninety nine. You heard that birthday, correct? Or one of the, or one of your favorite co-hosts of the Go for Bronze podcast, right before his birthday. Yeah, we're talking about Joel, not me. The so one ninety nine ninety nine, right? So half the price of an all digital PS five, and <laughs> pre orders will go live on October twenty fifth. This will be available on PlayStation Direct until sometime in February when it will come to select retailers. The package will include. The DualSense Edge wireless controller, a USB braided cable, two standard caps, two high dome caps, two low dome caps, two half dome back buttons, two lever back buttons, connector housing, and a carrying case. And Joel was making a hand motion at me, which I did see, which I think refers to the word dome. And I will say, I have no fucking clue what those actually are. I'm assuming. I'm assuming that this has something to do with the analog sticks, right? I'm not so height of them. Exactly. I'm not somebody who has ever invested really in these like kind of high tech versions of the controllers. I buy multiple colors, right? I like to have like the different collector's editions of PlayStation controllers, but I I haven't gotten the back button attachment for PS4. So I never had experience with that. And then for my Xbox, I don't have the elite controller. But before I talk about it first, what is your thoughts on the price? And do you have any feelings about the controller as a whole? Well, it's a little bit pricey. I would definitely say that, that it's a, a pretty pricey product, but I am excited that it's finally a Sony-sponsored product, because we have gotten, like, uh, scuff controllers, and, like, you know, PlayStation has, like, worked with other companies to make these kind of controllers. I, I do like that it's officially PlayStation-branded, 
they're making it. It's an Xbox Elite controller competitor. Um, and then also, I don't know if you noticed, they uh, announced with, for the Elite 2 controllers. For X- I love how Xbox so petty. They said that you can now design the colors in uh, the ID Labs, and they also like slashed the price around like 150 as opposed to 200 Which, you know, whatever. Yeah, you gotta, the console wars are real out there, right? And I, and I love it. I, I really do love the pettiness between the two companies. But I do think as a total package, I like all the shit that they give you. Like the carrying case, really, when they said it was $200 and I saw the carrying case, I don't know why in my mind I was like, oh, that makes sense. Like, if I get a nice carrying case for the controller, then, like, oh, okay. I don't know why that is really what pushed me over the edge to kind of, like, accept the price. I don't know necessarily if I'd be a day one adopter of this. Um, Like you said, as PlayStation gamers, we really haven't had access to an Elite-style controller in terms of, like, a PlayStation-branded one, so we really haven't experienced or, like, messed in that uh, in that market of controller and, like, the modular ones and, like, messing with them. Sony offered the back button for the PlayStation 4 generation at the end of the generation, and they sold out, like, instantly. So those weren't even easy to get your hands on. So I'm excited. I mean, it could help out in Warzone, you know? Warzone 2, I'm out here fucking clicking heads with the two-lever back buttons. I don't know. I heard that that's the yeah. most advantageous part of the controllers is the back button. I think that as a controller, right, it's probably sick. For me, it's just like $200. I don't know. Because if my my controllers serve me fine, I'm still wrecking y'all motherfuckers on Warzone with a regular controller. And that's like not... the color palette, too. The controller looks fantastic and I'm sure feels fantastic. For me, it's just the price point. Now, the, the thing with the price point, too, is that I will absolutely be a day one adopter of the PSVR, too. But if this is 200, I don't know if I'm going to be getting this too. Sony has my money already for PSVR 2. They don't already have my money for this controller. I'm just looking at it again. I don't know. This shit looks sexy, you know. Yeah, it, looks it looks cool. It looks I- and the case is beautiful. Uh, Sony Sony's on that like Apple streak right now where like they're really good at like the brand and the like the, it being high quality and being minimal. So it's kind of like an Apple product where you're like whenever you buy it, you're really not you, know, you have fun. I mean, I agree with that. I think that the controller itself, I'm like all all cylinders, all positive. It's just the 200 and that I don't feel the necessity for those competitive type controllers that I can just say I'm not a day one, but like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like somebody wants to get it as a gift, I'll take it. I'm not saying I wouldn't use it. I'm just saying I don't know if I'll buy it. Yeah, you'll definitely sit on it. That's what I'm, I mean, they got the two high caps. I think those are for me. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, this is a this is interesting. I'm interested to see when it gets down in the wild and what people say the build quality, the functionality of it from like you know reviewers and tech people. But uh, with this being 200 and like you said, PlayStation VR, PlayStation VR, thank I hope God that it's at least 400, nothing more, nothing more than that. And if this being half PlayStation VR, I kind of feel like I'd rather just get a PlayStation VR. This worries me for the price of PSVR. I did think of that when I saw this price. I thought, Same. yeah, I Same. saw this price and I was like, okay, well, if they're just going to, you know, just come out and be like, you know, this is 200, then I don't feel like they're going to have an issue being like, well, this VR is, you know, X, Y, Z. So what price it, for VR would make you not be a day one adopter? Seven. 700? 700 and above, I would say no. For me. Yeah. And I know that I mean, even yeah, 600 is expensive, but 
seven here's the thing i don't i don't know why i mean right like sometimes you can't explain why your brain is attached to these certain you know fucking weird connections but in my mind i'm like okay well ps3 launched at 600 so i've Mm -hmm. never paid more than i mean i've been very fortunate to get a lot of my pieces of tech as gifts but a piece of tech has never been purchased for me for gaming that's been over 600 I know that time changes and I know that there's inflation and all that, but for some reason in my head, I'm like, okay, that is the limit. So, if this is 700, I'm not buying it. I would wait definitely for sales or a price cut if it was 700. I just don't. I I go both ways, you know, like I do in real life. But, um, like, I feel like it can't be more than 400 just because that's what a PlayStation 5 actually costs. Like, the cheapest PlayStation 5 you get. Well, here in America, the rest yeah, of the world. Yeah, for now. I'm sorry. Yes. For now, trust me, we'll probably get that shit hiked up too soon. But for right now, in the U.S., you can get a PlayStation Four all digital for four hundred dollars. Paying more for a VR headset, which is in addition to that, which you need that to play that. I don't know how you can justify having it more than that. But then also, when you think about you're paying for controllers, this is not just like PlayStation VR, where the Move controllers were a separate thing you had to buy. So your the controllers look very high tech as well and they're probably going to be amazing build quality so the controllers i bet you when you have to if you were having to replace them i could see the controllers being for like being for buying replacements and then the headset itself is apparently having crazy tech in it we were talking about it on a previous show like it has they can read your eyes and like actually mimic your true eyesight where you focus in and blurs things out that sounds very expensive to me i'm not that big of a tech guy i can't tell you if that technology is cheap or not but to me, that was pretty expensive, so I can see it. I'm in my mind, it's anywhere from four to six. I agree with you. Anything above six is kind of like a green. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree, and that's just that's just my level where I would say no. I, mm-hmm. I think that similar to kind of what you were saying, where since you need a PlayStation Five to run this anyway, anything above four hundred is expensive. But I get it. I, over seven is where I'd be like, nah, I don't get it. The tech is there that may, I can like I can see it being more, but well, and because the tech is there, but it's not like when you purchase a console for it doesn't even matter when you purchase a PlayStation for four hundred, five hundred, six hundred dollars. You know you're getting PlayStation games when you're purchasing a VR headset. You're going into the unknown and seeing what they're going to give you. It's not like we know there's a killer app that's going to be a ten on this. We're going into it because we're PlayStation fans. And this is their second go around on VR, so it looks cool. I mean, if they- yeah, but if you think about it, with to get this and a PlayStation, v, PlayStation, I feel like it's going to be. It can't be more than like a thousand dollars. I agree. Yeah, no, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Where if the VR is too much on its own, it's just I, I wouldn't accept the price. And the, I think the only thing that seven hundred would still be too much. But if they were like, you know, we're also bringing Half Life Alex, then I would be willing to pay more because, it, like, we know Half Life Alex is a fantastic game that you can't play unless it's in VR. But without that, there's, I mean, Resident Evil, Right Village, and Four are both working on VR versions for the VR two. But again, it's not. 700 it's like you need something that i know is like fire and they're pushing horizon but outside of that i don't really see any other games that sony are pushing i know they're also firewall is a big one for them as well but firewall is basically the playstation vr version like with like a 1.5 it's like an overwatch 2 it's not going to be a true sequel so i don't know 
Yeah, I agree. VR is a very interesting topic. The dual sense is interesting. PlayStation definitely is getting into that boutique kind of model and is definitely setting itself apart from Microsoft in terms of not being not being an every man's product. Basically, they're basically saying this is the price of all of our stuff. Our games are seventy dollars. Our consoles are this, and our equipment is this. Which and and they're mean, they're also not firing hundreds of employees. Which Microsoft is doing. Which is because they're just not putting everything on a streaming service. Exactly. But we'll see. Yeah. So you want to get into what we're playing? Let's get into what you're playing, Mark. You have a a decent amount in here. I'm I'm most interested about to hear your MW2 thought. Yeah, right. So I'll start out with that because the other ones are not really new. But so Modern Warfare 2 comes out next Friday. But if you pre-ordered... The campaign came out today on Thursday. So I have played three missions of the campaign on regular or normal difficulty with my headset on with base boosted. This game is phenomenal. Oh, wow. Okay. I like, you know, it's like, you know, there are people that are going to be listening. I know that are probably like Call of Duty haters and I get that. That's fine. But it's the best studio that currently works on Call of Duty. And you can just like, you can immediately tell that it is. The audio, first of all, is... The audio is arguably as good, if not better, than first-party games from an audio perspective. With the bass, like, boosted with the options that it gives, and it gives a lot of options, it's, like, very... I don't know, like the explosions and the the helicopters and the air, like airstrikes, all sound like really incredible in the headset. And oh, don't spoil the game. There's explosions. Yeah, I know, right? No, I'm just keeping it. <laughs> I keep it light, right? No story related stuff, but it looks phenomenal as well. It runs amazing. So there's, it's not like there is, you know, going to be. I don't know. You know what? That's not true. I was going to say, you know, it's a Call of Duty campaign. You, you're going to get what you expect. But I currently in each mission have been impressed with the level of fidelity is what I will say. What the way the narrative? I mean, the narrative, I'm extremely interested. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know what direction exactly they're heading with it. I can see a little bit what they're heading towards and I'm interested in it. I won't say anything mm-hmm. about it, obviously, right? Because it's really early, but... I'm really interested in that. I'm happy to be playing it. I think that the pre-order is a really great idea because you can just play the campaign, not worry about anything else, get a feel for all the guns and stuff like that, which I will also mention they did announce that there are going to be 51 weapons at launch for the game, which is great. Now, that is not the... If you play the beta, you know that you can unlock a platform and the platform will unlock different guns. There are 51 platforms, which is crazy, which is awesome. And they actually already announced, I'm a huge like Warzone fan. They also already showed, I think they showed up to three updates in advance with dates already exactly what's in them. So like Infinity Ward knows how to do it. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Like Modern Warfare, the the original remake, the 2019 Modern Warfare. Yeah. It was like the last great Call of Duty. And obviously, I think most people would agree the best one of the PS4 generation. It kind of gave the series life again because it came off of World War II, correct? It came off of Black Ops 4. Oh, it came off Black Ops 4. Well, yeah. 
Black Ops 4 was a mixed bag as well. Most people did not like the multiplayer, but I did enjoy Blackout. That was the first time we got that. But Black Ops 4 was kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, and, Zombies uh, was mid. Zombies was mid. Every aspect of it was mid except the introduction of Blackout, which was interesting. And then it got perfected again because Infinity Ward is like the creme de la creme of the modern war of the Call of Duty uh, franchise. So yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Well, yes. So it is excellent. And then just quickly, trophy list is looking nice and short. You cannot platinum this because there are a few trophies that are co-op related, but there's no multiplayer trophies. Okay. And I, I might, I don't actually think I am. I don't think there's any collectibles, which kind of sounds amazing because there's no, there's no point. They weren't really that useful anyway, but current first impressions, I think it looks excellent. I'm definitely excited to play more of it tonight. Really excited for the release of the main game and really excited for Warzone 2. And then quickly to just sum up the other things I've been playing, uh, TMNT Shredder's Revenge got my platinum. So that's platinum number 83. And then Detroit Become Human, I am maybe two to three hours away from that platinum. And then... Hey, maybe find a lot of time to fucking play games. I'm jealous. So that's it. And then I'd actually didn't mention it here, but just since you're saying that, I'm also maybe 45 minutes away from Deathloop Platinum as well. Oh, shit. So I got these Platinums lined up, you know what I'm saying? Now, you know, I actually didn't think I was going to be talking about this, but fuck it, we're already here. So with Deathloop, I didn't know that the thing that they added to the game is like more substantial than just like a little ending thing. It adds four trophies and it adds like different gameplay stuff. So I feel like I might actually play more of it. I was unaware of that. I didn't know that that update actually included like more content. I thought it was just ending. Golden loop. Exactly. Well, I'm glad. Also, I mean, you know what? I'm glad too with that update. It at least came to uh, PlayStation as well. I was scared when that first came out that I was going to be like, "Oh, this story stuff is only on Xbox." But I'm glad that they're at least playing nice and giving it to us as well. But um, I have not been playing as many games. I've been playing the same two games, three games, but. Two of them I've already talked about endlessly on this podcast. Overwatch 2, which was fun. Me and Mark actually streamed it last Saturday. So be on the lookout for that. We possibly were trying to get more into streaming whenever we can find time for it. And then also, uh, going through God of War, trying to platinum it. Uh, now I'm remembering why I didn't platinum it. Uh, Niflheim, Niflheim Realm fucking sucks. I fucking can't stand that shit. It is the most boring and tedious part of the game. But you got to do what you got to do to get these platinum. Definitely when trying to catch up to this fucking plane like every other game. Which one is, is Niflheim? Is Niflheim the procedurally generated yes. one? Yeah. 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 That, one is, that one is fucking frustrating. I agree with that. Yeah, I did Platinum God of War. But I'm not saying that to be like, ooh, I Platinumed it. I'm yeah, saying it to be like, I fucking agree. Because that's, that's the first... I forgot the names of all of the realms, but that was the first thing I thought of because I remember that annoying me when I had to do it. Is just going through and seeing like making sure that you have to you have to like get a correct path, but there's not a correct path because it's procedurally generated. Yeah, you have to find these two collect. You have to find three of these collectibles that open up those terror realms, and then you also have to have a shit ton of fucking mist echoes. So it's like it's frustrating. That's probably going to be a slow grind. But then the thing is, I want to get it done before Ragnarok comes out. Ragnarok kind of like around the corner. We're like only like two three weeks out. So I don't know if I'm going to get that done before that game. And then uh, I've been playing the quarry, spooky season. I started it up. I didn't finish it. And it's a great, like, you know, great game to play at the end of the night. I've been tired from work. So I just play like an hour 
an hour and a half at a time, and it's kind of just like a little movie. Uh, not as bad as I thought people probably were, like, ripping into it, but it's definitely not uh, Supermaster's best work. The voice acting is kind of all over the place. Like, the people that are real actors clearly shine compared to the people that were not real actors. Like, you have Brenda Song from Sweet Life is Zack Cody fame. Then you have Aria Winter from Modern Family fame. And they're great in it. But then, like, uh, some of the other characters, you can clearly tell, like, oh, you're just a video game voice actor. Bro, what are you talking about? Detective oh, Pikachu star? Who? Detective, he's, um... I don't know his name. He's the guy with the really... Sh- he talks like this in the game. He's like really monotone. Oh, the... Justice. Is his name Justice? In the let me game? look. Let me... No, no, no. Not in the game. Let me look up his name IRL if you feel me real I quick. I think that was the... But the guy... like the black kid in the game. He is not the best way. No, he's not. And I bring him up because he was in Detective Pikachu. He was in a, an actual movie. He is, yeah, okay, okay, that is, his name is Justice Smith. I know that he was famously, like, not very good at voice acting in it, so I wanted to bring him up. He fucking sucks. Yes. Honestly, he's definitely, like, the biggest, uh, biggest flaw in the game. Ted Raimi's also in it, he makes a quick cameo in the beginning, and I haven't really seen him much in the game, but he's, he's fun. Love Ted Raimi. Yeah, he's a good old time, and he plays exactly who you think Ted Raimi would play. David Arquette is, like, the main camp counselor. He's also great. So, just really a great job from all the people that are actual actors, and then the variation between the other people. But it's a fun game. I want to keep on playing it and finish it. I might try to platinum it, because it's one of those easy, kind of just, like, follow the path, like, guided platinum. I want to see if, when you get... I'm probably going to get to that at some point, but I want to see if that stays true when you get later into the game because Ethan Supley is also in it which is an actor and then Grace Zabriskie from Twin Peaks fame is also in it which I'm just oh, curious. Oh that's the old lady. Yes. She's good. Yeah she's good. She's from Twin Peaks that makes sense. She's she, very creepy. Yeah she's yeah yeah she's she's from Twin Peaks so but yeah no I'm interested in that and then for people who are a fan of Supermassive games don't forget that The Devil in Me also comes out next month so they have another game. Yeah. They're out here and uh that's all I have for, for you, ladies and gentlemen, this week. That's all I can give you. I have nothing more, nothing less. Mark, do you have anything to give the people? No, I don't, I don't really have uh, too much else to say. I will definitely be playing more Modern Warfare 2 after this and just excited to see where the story goes and see how long it is. It, it's re- it is really, really good. Like, I liked the original one, like Modern Warfare, you know, 2019. And but I, left and right time. Yeah, I, like, I... I don't know. We'll see when you play. I think it is really good, though. It is surprisingly above my expectation for it. And, okay. Oh, I forgot this. I forgot to say this. Very important. When you were playing the campaign, when you were killing armored enemies, you break plates off of them. Mm-hmm. And so I heard and felt what it feels like to break plates off an enemy. And it'll even give you the blue when their plates are broken. I am so fucking excited for Warzone 2 if it plays even close to the way that, like, this campaign is showing. Yeah, I just I wanted Modern to bring Warfare that up. 2, Modern Warfare 2 is definitely going to give life to the subpar fall season so far. Yeah, so. For video games. Anyway, I will be playing more Modern Warfare 2. Joel, go ahead and let us know. Is there anything you're going to be playing? And if not, you can go ahead and wrap this up. Um, I, I'm probably going to play Modern Warfare 2. 
since especially that's a Call of Duty campaign. It's not going to be too long, so I might try to wrap it up this weekend. Hey, maybe if we both finish it, maybe we can you know, film a little spoiler cast, talk about it, break it down in a more in-depth way. But um, other than that, I really don't I really don't have much on my plate. I was going to play Black Ops tonight, but that's that's so much on the art that. So probably just more core and more Modern Warfare 2. That's it. That's what we have for you folks today. This lovely episode of Go For Rock 2. Uh, I'm Mark. Wow. I'm not, wow. He is Mark, and I am Joel, ladies and gentlemen. Now, as well with that, don't forget, you can follow us at our socials, and if you have any questions or comments, you can hit us in the Discord, and we will try to read them. And we hope that you have a great weekend. The Go for Bronze podcast is a production of Go for Bronze Media LLC. Hit us up on Twitter at Go for Bronze Pod, Instagram Go for Bronze Pod. Stolen my dreams. That's right, we have. You can check us out on Twitch at Go for Bronze Pod. Also, our YouTube channel at Go for Bronze. This is the Big Dog. Until next time.